0: The following story has been brought to you by StoriesToInspire.org. Obviously, everybody knows Rabbi Zechariah Wallerstein, an amazing speaker, an amazing person. So I heard he said over something of a story that I want to share with you today. And generally, generally I would close with this story. It's that good. But for the particular message, I want to really bring out with you today especially in the parasha i think that this is a a winner to open with Rev Zechariah Wallerstein says that when he was younger first married so the Wallerstein family they come from a Yeki german background and they have a shita and i know this because i was best friends with many of their sons they had a shita of torah in derech eretz torah Together with work. They would learn half day and then they would work half day. And most of them would work in the family business, the the Wali packaging bagging business. But they would work half day, learn half day, Bishita. That was what they believed in. Hashem them, Wonderful people. It turns out that Rabbi Zachariah Wallerstein who continued in the family tradition of shita, he would also work half day, and he was looking to teach half day. He had incredible talent with children. He had incredible talent with everybody he was with. He's an amazing person. So he decides he's going to find a Rebbe job, and he's going to teach half day. Turns out at that time, he found a Rebbe job. There was an opening for the 6th grade Rebbe in the Bronx. Now, nobody at that time, nor today, but even that time nobody wanted to be in the Bronx. The Bronx already was emptied out with most of the Jewish community that was once there and the only Jews that were left over and stayed behind were the real poverty poverty stricken families that had nothing. And they were living in the tenements with Abid, I mean it was really bad. And they had literally nothing they didn't have windows they just had holes in them. It was, it was terrible times. And the, 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 the aniyut was beyond. And Rabbi Wallstein says over that when he went to take this job and he met that those seven boys that were left in his class, he saw the aniyut of these kids. He saw how poor they were. He saw that every day they came home, they came into yeshiva and they were, they were dressed in rags. I mean, it was terrible. And not just that, the hygiene, you know, no one was really taking care of them well, and, 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 you know, kids come to school with snack. These kids came with no snack. There was no food, there was nothing. So he spent, he, he said he spent a lot of time, you know, buying food for the kids and snack. And he would buy them clothing sometimes when they really needed it. And, and he was young, he was in his Kolel, you know. But at the same time, he wanted to give to these kids whatever he could. He says that he came up with a great idea. He saw how these kids would look forward to get out of the Bronx under any excuse possible. They just wanted to get away from that whole dark, shady side of town. So he decided he's going to do something with his class really special. If they learn really well, he would take them on a Shabbaton out of the Bronx, someplace far and beautiful. And he told them, and he was thinking to himself, where am I going to take them? You know, you're living a khalil guy in a basement with a one-bedroom apartment. No matter which way you slice it, even with sleeping bags, you can't do a Shabbaton with seven boys. Where is he going to take them? He decided he's going to take them to his parents' house in Muncie. Rabbi Wallerstein's father is a big tzaddik. Those who knew him, he passed away. Those who knew him knew that he was he was an incredibly wealthy person but he was a uh, he was a real philanthropist he, he gave Siddhaq Khan and what he did for, 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 for the state of Israel he brought them the whole begging and packaging business as a man could have wrote books on his life of what he did for people how he took care of people how he used to take care of people back in the Lower East Side where he once lived and back in the uh, Williamsburg people that were homeless he used to bring them to Muncie and he used to smell he would have them at his table, and he would clean them up, and he would give them a Shabbat meal. I mean, this guy's was an amazing person. He, there was, we need a class just for him. But let me just tell you a story that happened. Rabbi Wallstein's father. So his parents agree that he can bring the seven boys of his sixth grade out to Muncie for a Shabbaton. Matter of fact, his father was excited. He loved kids. And when he heard that these were poor kids, well, he said to his son, you know, go out and I want you to buy them suits and I want you to And when they come to my house for a Shabbat, I want it to be the most memorable Shabbat that they ever had in their lives. That's what Shabbaton's supposed to be. It's supposed to make such an impression on them that they'll never forget it. And it'll hit a chord inside that years later, you never know what they might, you know, remember and think back to and one day inspire them and ignite them. So he went out and got them suits. And he got this little little van and he drove them up to Muncie with his wife. And they came to his parents' house. And these boys were flying. And they had their suits. And they were coming into Shabbat. And now they come into this big, beautiful house. And he overheard one of the boys saying to the other kid, Wow, is that the White House? I mean, you know, they're coming from the Bronx, from tenements, right? From apartment buildings without windows, you bring them to this big Muncie house on two acres of land. You know, any White House there to them looked like the White House. And they, they jumped out of the van and they were high-fiving each other. And boy, what this, this they, they, were, they were flying. This was a great idea. He brings them in and his father comes running downstairs and he shakes each one of the boys' hands and he makes them feel like a million bucks. And he welcomes them. And he says, I want you guys to have the best Shabbat of your life. Downstairs in the basement, they had a few bedrooms, they had plenty of room to put up these boys with high-line accommodations. So the boys go downstairs, they couldn't believe that they had their own bed and their own rooms, and they were flying. Friday night, Shabbat begins. They bring them out to the shul, and you know in Muncie it's a nice little walk from your house to shul. You're talking now upstate New York. They come to shul and Robert Wallace, he makes a big thing about these boys. Everybody in shul comes running up and shakes their hands. They felt like superstars. They felt that the, you know, the, 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 the spotlight was on them and there was something special. Oh, these are the Bronx boys. And then everybody tells a story about they had a grandpa or grandmother who was once in the Bronx and amazing. They felt great. That night they came home to a Shabbat meal. And there was the moment of truth. Wow the food that started coming out of the kitchen. These kids were eating with their eyes. They were watching one plate after the next, from the salads to the gefilte fish and then the main dishes. And it was one after. They were flying to them. This was God it. Boy, did they eat that night. And they went to sleep well, like little cubs. And then the next morning, Rabbi Wallerstein comes to wake them up, and one of the boys said, Rabbi, you know I think I overdid it last night and I really have a terrible stomach ache. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep in, please. I, I just want to, you know, and when you come back I'll see if I'm better. So Wallace says, okay, I don't want to push the kid. So he let him be. He let him in bed and the other six boys, everybody got up, got into their suits. He took them out and he went with his parents half an hour walk, half hour from the house to the shore. They come back after davening, another half hour back, they sit down on a lunch. The food starts all over again. The kids were gone to eat that Sudat Shalishit, again. Rabbi Wallerstein took them for a walk in the woods out there in Muncie, told them a few stories. These kids will never forget this Shabbat for the rest of their lives. And then Shabbat is over, the cherry on top. Saturday night, he took them out for bowling and for pizza, like a good Rebbe would on a Saturday night experience. And he thought to himself, this is going to be the most memorable weekend that these kids will ever, ever have. And boy was it, because when he came home, and he pulls up in the driveway, and all the boys come jumping out of the van, he walks up the steps, and his mother is standing outside. And his mother says, "Zachariah, I want to talk to you. Come upstairs right now. He's thinking, wow. What happened? He knows that look of his mother. And he knows, although now he's married and he's a Rebbe, but he felt like he was young again and mom was bringing him up for a talking. He comes running upstairs to see why was his mother so upset. He comes into the bedroom and there is his father waiting for him with his mother. and They close the door and she turns to him and says, what did you bring to this house? My class, my sixth graders, what happened? What's wrong? Your class? Sixth graders? You brought Ganavim to this house. Mom, relax, what happened? What's the matter? She says, listen, you know that we are Yeki. we're very clean, we're very misudar, we're very put together family, and you know how I can't deal with a mess. So when I went down to the basement while you were out bowling and pizza, I decided to help the boys out because the place was a pigsty. Their stuff was everywhere. So, just very innocently, I picked up all the clothing off the floor, just made piles, put it in their rooms, and as I'm putting the clothing in their rooms, I drop a bunch of clothing down, I see, as I look inside one of their bags, there's all my jewelry. I couldn't believe my eyes. I open up the bag and I start going through it. And there's all my jewelry. I go through the next bag. And I found your father's gold watch. I go through the next room in the next kid's bag. And I found last night's silver Shabbat Kos. And then the silver. And all the silver. Spread out amongst all the bags. And she says, "I I cannot believe it. I know what happened. That boy who woke up this morning with the stomachache, it was all a sketch. The whole thing was just a plan that they were all in on. That when we all go to shul Shabbat morning, this boy is going to stay behind. And he literally looted and wiped out the entire house. I cannot believe it. Rabbi Wallerstein says at that moment, he wanted to go downstairs and he wanted to kill them. He wanted to rip their heads off. I just gave you the best Shabbaton of your life. No one will do this for you. I took you from the Bronx. I put suits on you. I gave you a time that you'll never forget, and forget about the Shabbat meals. And Saturday night, bowling and pizza. No, don't ask. Nothing they spared for these boys. This is going to be the most memorable Shabbat of their life. And you turn around and you rob your Rebbe. (laughs) You turn around and you wipe out your Rabbi's parents' house. The house that homed you for a Shabbaton that no one else would do for you. They're finished! He said, uh, my face turned red, he was going downstairs to kill him! He was about to leave and his father grabs his arm. And his father tells him, Zachariah, you are not going to say one word. He said, what? Dad, they stole everything. These are my students. I'm the Rebbe. i got to stand up for what's right. I gotta put them in their place. I gotta throw them out of school. I gotta leave the school. No way, Zechariah. I'm your father, and I command you, Kibud You are not to say one word. We took back everything. We have everything back. But they know now that they were caught. They're going to go downstairs to their bags, and they're going to look through their stuff, and they're going to realize they were caught red-handed. And they're already so embarrassed, they don't know what to do with themselves. And if you're going to go now, all you're going to do is embarrass them and rip them to pieces, and they'll never look at you as a Rebbe again. You won't be able to teach them another word for the rest of the year they'll never come back to you as their rebbe in life you will lose them and we klali israel will lose them you don't say one word we got everything back we took back all the jewelry and all the silver no no but you don't say one word they know they're caught They're already beyond embarrassed. They're waiting right now to find out what you're coming downstairs for. You don't say one word. Rabbi Wallerstein said, okay, dad, if that's what you want, then I won't say one word. And he said he literally had to stay there and do the old Lamaze breathing techniques and calmed down until finally he relaxed. And then he made his way downstairs. And sure enough, as he's coming down the stairs, there they were, all seven Indians waiting for him at the bottom of the steps. And they're looking, and their faces were red. They were so embarrassed, they couldn't look at him. But they knew what was coming. They knew they were caught red-handed. All right, Wollaston comes down the steps and he looks at them and he puts on a smile. And he says, Guys, did you have a blast tonight? And they're looking at each other, huh? <laughs> that is not what they expected. They expected the sledgehammer. Guys, did you have a blast tonight? Huh? How was the bowling, the pizza? What a weekend! Wow, you guys! And they looked at each other like, hmm, what's up with Rebbe? Then he turns to them and says, Listen, Tomorrow morning, my parents, they're planning a really big breakfast, like this banquet breakfast, just to send you off. Before I take you back to the Bronx, I want you guys to get to sleep at a decent hour. Like this, we can pray and have this big breakfast and still get back to the Bronx on time. And they looked at each other, they didn't disbelieve, and they shrugged their shoulders, and they said, okay. And they all went downstairs to the basement, and they slept. The next morning, Rabbi Wallerstein wakes them up, takes them out to Tefillah. On the way back, his parents have this big, beautiful breakfast waiting for them, danishes, and you name it, it was a banquet. And these kids start pounding the food. And some of the kids actually were hoarding the food, and bringing home for their family. I mean, you have to understand what poverty should, should never know from this. They were wrapping up the food in, 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 in napkins. And putting it in their, uh, putting in their little, uh, Am Binyamin. You know what I mean? They were put. <laughs> exactly. They were putting it in their, they were putting it in their little bags, and were taking it home. And just then, Rabbi Wallerstein's father walks into the dining room, and he says, "Boys, I want to talk to you. I want to tell you something." All of a sudden, everybody stops, and Rabbi Wallerstein says, "Uh oh, here it he comes." this is it, this is, oh, I knew he couldn't hold it. In. This is it. They're going to get it now. Oh, they're going to get it now. River Wallstein, his father looks at these boys in the eye and he says to them, boys, the next time you're ever in Muncie, I insist that this is your home. And they looked at each other and they weren't expecting that. And Rabbi Wallerstein looked at his father like, What? Dad? You're inviting him back? What are you... you?" But he didn't say anything, but he gave him that look. And Rabbi Wallerstein's father looks at the boys and says, Anytime you leave the Bronx, you come to upstate New York, I want you to stop off here. This is your home away from home. You're invited, open door, anytime. Shabbat, weekday, for a meal. I am waiting to see you guys again. I can't wait till I spend another Shabbaton with you. The kids are looking at each other. They couldn't believe it. They just couldn't believe their ears. And they thanked him and they thanked him. And then after the meal was over, each boy walked up and shook Rabbi Wallerstein's father's hand, each one, and thanked him for the weekend. Rabbi Wallerstein ran up to his father when all the boys ran outside to the van. And he said, Dad, what are you thinking? You invited them back? And he says, yeah, what's the problem? Next time I'll just lock up the silver and the <laughs> and your mother's jewelry. <laughs> he says, now I know what I'm dealing with. But what does that have to do with them? These boys come from poor families. They're not bad. They're just, this is their way of life. Their survival was on stealing. They're stealing to survive. This is their way of life. You can't blame them. But don't lose sight of their neshama. What a lesson. What a powerful lesson. Don't lose sight of their needs. And with those words, Rabbi Wallace said he was never the same after that. His father taught him a lesson for life. He goes running outside, jumps into the van, takes him back to the Bronx. These boys, they went home with the greatest Shabbat experience. Some of these boys are talmidei chachamim today, today. Big talmidei chachamim, with beautiful, religious, wonderful Shana Shabbat families, dorei dorot of Torah is going to come out of that weekend. Why? How? What was the secret? It was the biggest message you'll hear in your life. Don't you take? Don't take your eye off of the needs of other people even if it compromises your own. That's a tremendous message. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. StoriesToInspire.org